Welcome back, Red Spotters. Another show in the Red Spotlight Podcast. I'm your host, Alexis J. Soto, joined by Mr. David Francisco. Today with our, what, sixth and seemingly final installment of this Loki recap segment series. For now, uh, last week we talked about episode five, and this week we're talking about the season slash series finale of Loki, uh, titled For All Time Always. We've done these recap segment series for a couple of shows now, namely the last couple of Marvel shows. And so, first and foremost, thank you all for listening. As a reminder, you can catch our podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts, whether it be on Apple, Spotify, CastBox, iHeartRadio, Stooch in, Stooch in, Stitch in, um, and other places. Every single Sunday as well on Thursdays, just a reminder there. And the way that it works with us is we will give off our initial spoiler-free impressions of the episode, and then we will go into a breakdown of all of the episode as it happened in sequence. A conversation is led by Mr. David here. Uh, And uh, we will also have some thoughts, what we thought overall of the season of Loki as well as David's thoughts on Black Widow. We had a, I would say, a pretty in-depth discussion on not just Black Widow, but also how the MCU has treated Natasha Romanoff uh, in our previous podcast with Peter Martinez. Um, just look for the podcast that's titled F.U. to Natasha Romanoff, which is pretty much how some of us felt. Um, I will say, I don't think... Any other review of Black Widow went in as in-depth as we did as to how the trajectory of that character was coursed, you know, through the MCU. Um, why it is that way, I don't know. But hey, that's something we got that's <laughs> unique to us. So please go ahead and check that one out. So yeah, that's going to be our episode here on Red Spotlight number 339. David, how are you doing today? I'm good. Yeah, this is uh, uh, once again we're at the end of the road with another Marvel show. It's it's so crazy to think about how you know we began the year looking at all of these different shows that were coming, and now we've finished three of them, which mm-hmm. is crazy. It's even crazy when you think about that. I like it feels like just yesterday we <laughs> started talking about the first episode of Loki, and now here we are at the very end. Here we are. And so there have been a lot of reactions. I'm sure people who are tuning in have not just watched the episode, but have seen uh, the reaction online, in particular on film Twitter. By the way, if you're not on film Twitter, uh, you're a fan of film, do that. It's not always best for your mental health, but it's, I think, the best way to keep in uh, touch with what the conversation is shaping like. And of course we do our best here to kind of like um, inform you of what that conversation is flowing like. So people are losing their minds uh, when it comes to this episode. Um, And I have seen some pretty bold statements, I have to say, um, from a lot of people. Um, So with that being said, Let's go ahead and get to our initial impressions of the episode. We can further discuss as to how this played like a finale. 
an overall what we thought of the season toward the latter end of the discussion. But at, at the top, I'd like to know what you thought as far as this episode and how it landed with you. Spoiler-free, obviously, our impressions here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, honestly, I feel like this one had, like, the least amount of information, weirdly. <laughs> like, we, they, I mean, they told us stuff that we already had. Information or reveals, you mean? I guess reveals more so, yeah. Um, it's just some stuff we kind of already knew. They just added like a little bit more details, but mm. you know, and all that. But I mean, overall, I enjoyed the episode. Um, there was one character there that I thought did a pretty good job. Uh, I really liked his performance and all that. Uh, as a finale, uh, it definitely left me wanting more, and I'm excited i mean it's already kind of announced that second season is starting uh yeah so what this is one of the spoilers we really can't like get away from at the end of this episode they announced literally loki season two confirmed which by the way if you had listened to our conversations weeks weeks ago you would not be surprised by this because we've been saying for a long time now that uh, it has been reportedly in development the people behind the show or producers from Marvel have been saying it's a very likely. So Marvel themselves have been telegraphing for a while now that this was going to happen. So this mm-hmm. was kind of the, the final nail. And by the way, when it ended, the way that it ended, I would say that, oh, yeah, there's obviously more. This mm-hmm. isn't the end here. So people should have on some level expected it as you were. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, like I said, the way it ended, it did leave me wanting more and all that. But overall, it's I feel the same way as every every other episode. Uh, I still like Loki, Sylvie, their relationship. Uh, seems complicated now, but again, I'm excited for it on the next season. And yeah, <laughs> you know, um, I I tend to agree with it just about your overall feeling of it. You know, I thought this was honestly a very good episode. All of the episodes, in my view, have been very good episodes. Some have actually been quite great. Um, There are some problems that I'm beginning to have just from... uh, And I, I guess it's just because I don't seem to quite understand, based on what I saw in this episode, what has got people so excited because when you say there are like when you said at the top like there was no information no new information when i wanted to ask you about well did you mean like no new revelations well yeah because all the things that honestly happen here we basically called mm-hmm. and just because we predicted it and then we got what we thought we were going to get that isn't a disappointment in and of itself. And please, anyone who is listening, do not misconstrue as I am saying that. No, that's not what the issue is, at least for me. Um, but uh, as far as like new information is concerned, well, there was a lot of information. And honestly, most of the episode was... Basically in one room and uh, one major character 
explaining the whole thing. And I've seen some people say that it felt like like the whole episode was pretty much exposition. Mm -hmm. And when you put the word information, your brain kind of forms information dump. Um, And that may sell the episode a bit too short because when people say stuff like that, it sounds, oh boy, well, this, this doesn't sound all that interesting. It sounds like a boring thing. Um, and honestly, may it, it may be the information dump in and of itself that has a lot of people so excited because we've seen people, especially some, uh, I, I guess most fans and then also certain critics slash reporters, journalists uh, who are on film Twitter, who are accredited, who if you follow them and their usual palettes, they tend to eat this stuff up, especially – if it expands the lore and if it expands the universe, they seem to always have a very favorable view um, immediately after watching it. Um, but to your point, there wasn't anything new here. And yet what I've seen based off the reactions of this episode is people are acting as if this is a milestone. People are acting as if like, this changes every. I mean, yes, it does change everything, but like they're acting as if they didn't already know this was coming. A lot mm-hmm. of the things that are revealed here, quote unquote, that was announced years ago, I feel, and yet people are acting it as, as if it's like this glorious new revelation that nobody could have seen coming when we all, in fact, knew. And people keep talking about like they did that. There are so many tweets I saw, they did that, they did that. And I find myself asking what do they mean they did that but what actually happened most of this episode is while fascinating uh a conversation had between the three characters and an action and a consequence for that action does occur toward the very end of the episode okay i just have a hard time understanding what they mean by that the words and phrases that i have seen people you know describe this episode have been masterpiece um kyle said he was shaking uh someone else said that you know it was um in the top three of everything they've seen mcu grace randolph said today that not only did it is it as good as endgame but maybe better than endgame uh, she even said that this episode um, is one of those episodes of TV where um, people want to say this is where they were when they watched it. There were so many reactions of people saying best thing ever, the best thing the MCU has done in years. That's another one that I that I saw repeatedly. Um, A lot of them were saying best finale, best finale, best finale. Now, that's separate from overall the reaction of this episode. We can have that discussion in a bit. But as to what all the hubbub is about, quite frankly, I don't understand. I'm I'm kind of at a loss for mm-hmm. what it is that, you know, to, to say that you're literally shaking, to say that it's a masterpiece, to say that it's the best thing they've ever done. I, I know... I don't feel that way, 
because I didn't get that reaction after watching it. In fact, when I I, I enjoyed the episode, I didn't love it. Um, in fact, I have some issues with it, clearly. But uh, I usually just feel so perplexed when I find that everyone else seemingly like I don't want to uh, insult Loki's name by inserting the Mandalorian in, in this discussion. But a lot of the reaction to this episode kind of reminds me of, you know, kind of the slavish ovation that people slobbered all over that show just for doing the, the simplest of things, the, the basics of, of things, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, like, what did I like? Well, obviously, the performances were great all around. Um, I I think for me, there was a great moment toward the end. I think the last couple of minutes really kind of brought it all home as far as, like, the episode is concerned. Hiddleston, DiMartino... Uh, continue to hit out of the park, um, and they had an they had an amazing scene. They had an amazing scene toward the end. That you can't take away. That's great stuff of what happened, and very true to the nature of who they are. Loki's mm-hmm. double edged sword, as they, as it is. I was kind of underwhelmed with what was going on between uh, Mobius and Ravana. While the scenes in and of themselves were great and and the actors did an amazing job, it kind of felt like it was going somewhere this episode and then it went nowhere and I guess that's a setup for something else. Seemingly the end of the episode kind of suggests something was reset and so that is kind of annoying because I don't know if that means that our, the versions that we knew of certain characters have been reset and they're gone now. So there are some implications there that are questionable. Um, But most of this episode, honestly, and I don't know if – I'm not ready to say quite just yet if this is a criticism. If only because I was riveted. I was enthralled the entire time. But the episode mainly acts as a monologue. For one character. Like this one character talks and talks and talks and talks practically throughout the entire episode, it feels like sometimes. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Tara Strong uh, as Miss Minutes. Uh, she had a pretty great jump scare <laughs> at the beginning of the episode. So ch- shout out to her. And uh, we were right about her, it seemed like, based on our previous discussions. Um, and as far as like John, oh, well, there's, like, there's an actor here. Jonathan Majors is playing a character in this episode. Uh, the performance, I have to be honest with you, it was kind of throwing me off. I got what he was going for immediately. And I, I understand that when we see this actor next time around, there may be different versions of it. So he may not be as as much as he was here, but I'm not going to lie. I kind of was distracted at points with what he was saying because of his, I guess, choice and performance and how he played the character. Now, again, I know nothing of this character, so it could be exactly as it's intended, but a lot of the times it felt as if like uh, Majors was like going for something 
really out there and at times it worked and at times I, I kind of was distracted. Maybe I just need to get used to it. Maybe when I watch it again, it'll be just fine. But overall, a good performance. But mm-hmm. um, that mix with all of the everything else, I kind of feel ultimately that yes, it did leave me wanting more, but maybe it left me wanting too much more. Um I kind of was hoping for a little bit more resolution because it almost feels like we got no resolution whatsoever. We got a lot of rev- we got a big reveal. Um we I guess the characters are often different places. But it feels like we have no resolution whatsoever to any of the events of season 1. Yeah. And <laughs> and we're folding it over into the confirmed season 2 now and it didn't feel like I was watching a finale. And so it almost felt like I'm watching episode six, expecting episode seven next week. And when you combine that with the fact that some of the stuff that quote unquote was launched in this episode may be delved into, not immediately the next thing would be season two, but another movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe then it delves into other quote-unquote issues that maybe are exclusive pertaining to me, not so much everybody else. And so I get that a lot of people are so excited about this episode. And But, I mean, I saw the look on your face, David, when I told you about all the, the, the big words that people were saying, and you're like, what are they? Uh, I don't... I mean, the best thing Marvel's ever done better than Endgame? And I'm like, oh, huh? Like, Yeah, I mean, to me still, WandaVision <laughs> is the best show <laughs> out of all of them. That's another like, thing I was saying. That's another thing I was... I'm sorry. That's another thing I was seeing, actually. is like, Loki, the best Disney Plus Marvel show. And I'm like, sit down. Sit down. Seriously. I mean, no, hey, if if you think it's your favorite, by all means, enjoy it. Um, but like people saying it gets the best, it better than WandaVision. I'm like, no, not for me, clearly. Mm-hmm. Now, it's weird because, again, we're not getting into the spoilers just right now. We're in this, um, wrapping up my thoughts here. It's weird because it's weird to compare this with the other two finales of the, of WandaVision and Falcon Winter Soldier because, in some ways, it's the best, but also in some ways, it's the worst. And even then, I don't think anything here rose to the level of um, awesome wowness, if that's what we're going to call it, that happened in uh, WandaVision. The WandaVision finale suffered a lot of issues. It really did. But the stuff that worked in it still is the cream of the crop. Uh, that nothing has yet to touch, at least for me. Even the stuff that happens here with Sylvia and with Loki, I don't think came close to mm-hmm. at least what I felt with Wanda and with Vision. So, um, yeah, we need to back the fuck up <laughs> in terms of uh, that statement because I'm like, people, what the fuck? It's like, it, it, it reminds me, honestly, of Mandalorian again when people are just like, they're so swept in the moment and they're even further swept by like everybody saying all these positive things that a bunch of like adjectives and words come out that I don't think are really appropriate for what, uh, you know, the quality of what we got, which overall, again, is really good. But yeah, I 
I didn't want to come here and like be a bummer to anybody, but like I watched the episode, I enjoyed it, but then I moved on. Uh, everybody else I'm seeing online, it's like, oh my goodness, the MCU will never be the same. No, fuck it will never be the same. Like the revelation that happened, you knew it was going to happen. So I don't get why you're so jumping up and down about. I, okay. Sure. I, I, All of which is to say, I like the episode a lot. Um, and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we always find ourselves in situations like these. It's like, um, I like something and yet there's plenty to complain about. <laughs> yeah. Especially if you listen to our Black Widow review, which, by the way, if you listen to it, I I didn't intend to go into that review sounding i mean to come off as angry or to tear it apart and i but i don't think that's what ended up happening in the end result like i i didn't intend to do anything but when i when i heard the recording back i hadn't realized how angry i actually sounded <laughs> in moments of it so anyway that's where I'm at. So, David, any response to what I said? And then if if you don't have much of it, well, we can get into it when we get to the particulars. If you want to go ahead and start uh, leading leading us off with um, with the recap of this episode, which I have to imagine may be a bit simple for you this week because we don't really move around too much. Yeah, that's the thing. There's not really much to talk about in this episode, honestly. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm just... I think we should just get into it, really. Um, uh, <laughs> so, like you, like you mentioned before, there wasn't. Uh, how would you say? Like there wasn't really uh, conclusions to anything in this episode, right? Really any kind of like resolutions, season. right? And that's honestly one of my biggest complaints about this whole show is just that you know we knew. We knew it was going to end with like the multiverse happening, and like that's what happened. Again, I'm already getting to spoilers, so yeah, spoilers, you know, people. Like, we're already in it. The multiverse is here, but guess what? You already knew years and years ago there was a movie called The Multiverse of Madness. Mm -hmm. Everybody spent weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks theorizing on WandaVision. It's gotta open the multiverse of madness, and then when this episode seemingly suggests that it does open the multiverse of madness, people are like, oh. <gasps> I never saw that coming. Oh, come on. Get the fuck over yourself. That's what turns me off. Sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I mean, even in the first episode of this show, people were like, oh, yeah, it's going to end with Loki uh, stopping the TVA and uh, creating the multiverse. And I mean, we got one of those things, right? <laughs> Technically, two. Kind when you of? look at it, for, kind of, kind of. <laughs> yeah. Um, but... Yeah, like you said, like there wasn't any conclusion at all. Like literally the first the first episode we get the Loki that we saw in Infinity War. Like, you know, that he's already like kind of I guess accepted the fact that he's like an Odin and all that. Like like they they sped through that and that kind of halted his story because afterwards it was just yeah, it was him falling in love with someone and all that, but he didn't change after the first episode at least not for me mm. and all that and so 
I don't know. It's just that was one thing. It's like there wasn't really any more conclusion to Loki. Like what you saw in the first episode is what you got in the end. When they should have, like, what happened to him in the first episode, they should have prolonged that throughout the entire series. Just so at least we can get a journey of his character or something. And it just kind of seemed... Let me, let's stop and, and, and examine that real quick. And I guess this is, um, look... If you're listening, you saw the episode, you know this episode is basically um, Jonathan Majors talking and you get all this information. So mm-hmm. it's very simple and easy to follow. So we shouldn't be all over the place. As far as this season journey for Loki, I'm curious to hear you say that. So let me say what I think and then um, about what you just said and then let's see if we can have a back and forth on that. So, like, the Loki that was taken out of the Avengers and then saw the rest of what was supposed to be his life. And it seemed that for the first two episodes, he was kind of in this state of fluctuation where, on one hand, he maybe did want something more and new for himself. But then on the other hand, well, he's just the same person, but he just realizes that the ultimate power is the TVA, and now his next plan is to topple the TVA for him to take control. Then Sylvie comes along, and then things begin to, at least his priorities seem to shift somewhat when he realizes that there's a connection he makes um, with her, uh, a connection that has since been revealed to be a romantic one, mm-hmm. because of course, only Loki could fall for himself, which is hilarious but still heartwarming, I guess. Mm. Um, Then we jump back to the TVA uh, and his connection with Sylvie and I guess his fondness for uh, Mobius has allowed him to feel things again. So much so that when Mobius was pruned back in episode four, he broke down and he was largely affected by that. And then we saw in the next episode where he, uh, you know, feels, is seen to be very moved, you know, when he embraces Mobius, uh, when he looks longingly at Sylvie. Like, I guess the journey here is this version of Loki is learning to finally open up to things and allow himself to feel these things. And maybe through these relationships, he himself has learned to extend a little bit of trust. So when we get to this episode and the events that happened, you see it being flipped where he is ready to trust somebody who he would never back in episode one have trusted. Whereas his counterpart in Sylvie just simply won't. And that's something that they definitely have here. So is Loki the same? I mean, he's the same personality. Um, He's playing the... Tom Hiddleston is playing the character mostly the same way. But from my observation, at least the change that has happened within him is when it comes to trust, he's willing to give it to others in this instance and not be as closed off. And then obviously in terms of how disgusted he was with all the other Lokis stabbing each other in the back, Mm -hmm. 
you know, in episode five, it on the surface anyway suggests that there has been some growth on his part to see that he was foolish for ever being that way. And then, of course, in this episode, we kind of get he kind of gets the ultimate taste of what it's like to be uh, for all the people that he personally stabbed in the back to have one of his own basically do that to him and then be left in the like, what the fuck did you just do? situation that many people who at one point or another in the mcu have trusted loki so that's what i'm registering as far as these episodes are concerned it, were you referring to that specifically or did you think that or, or you acknowledge that or you feel that's not that that's not a substantial amount of growth that you would have liked to have seen i don't think it's a substantial amount of growth especially okay. because it the goal in the end was to take over the TVA. And I was actually kind of excited for that. And so the moment when Sylvie threw him... That still can happen, by the way. I don't know when. It still can happen, but like right. I feel like for this specific show, though, and especially because you, you don't really know if you were going to get a second season. Right. Like, what I really wanted, at least for like in that, in that goal, is like when Sylvie throws him back to the TVA after... You know, they have their kiss and all that. It's like, oh, wow. Um, and everything. I was kind of hoping that, you know, by this time, some of the some of the TVA agents, they'll know, they know their variants and all that. And he'll come in and be like, hey, I found everything out. I found the guy who was like in charge and all that. And then that's when people would look at him and like kind of want him to lead. But it's not he's not taking over because he wants to rule And everything that you said about how he cared about Sylvie, that is a growth of a hero to me because um, after the, because if he wanted to take over the TVA in that moment, again, it's not to rule, it's not to rule the people, but it's to lead an army so that he can give people true free will, not his version of free will, which he mentioned in the first episode. Right. And so that's that's my biggest problem with it is just that we didn't really get a full conclusion into the story that he wanted we got a conclusion with sylvie's story and kind of but that's kind of it like like i said like you know she had a goal in mind which is to stop tva she stopped the guy who was in charge of the tva but uh and I mean, that's fine because, again, that was still her goal. It's just now there's something else even bigger now going to take over, which is how you basically expand on these types of uh, superhero shows and all that or movies. Mm -hmm. And so it's just and like and literally the episode ended with a reset. Mobius does, uh, doesn't remember who Loki is. They're still all TVA agents. And it's like. Uh, you could have expanded on it <laughs> in some mm -hmm. way. And especially no, because it, now that the multiverse is sort of happening, you know, it could lead to secret wars or no, what is it? Or basically where the Avengers fight other Avengers uh, villains and not from the multiverse and all that. Mm -hmm. And like you can have a, a little story where he's like, he's maybe trying to preserve the timeline in some way so that when we lead to that we can have this loki from this show into the next big avengers event right 
And so that's that's my complaint, I guess. That's that's how I see that there is no conclusion at all. Now, do you think this still would have been your issue? Because it sounds to me that the issue that you're you're saying is as far as to what the arc that Loki had this season, it still very much is left unresolved. And so I guess what we're seeing here is a multi-season arc for Loki. Um, and even if, let's say, the season had more episodes than the six, let's say it had nine or ten, if it still ended up like this, it seems there would still be that lack of conclusion, obviously, because it's not the end. There's still more to come at least with the next season. And if they're doing a next season, I mean, who's to say how long they plan on doing this? I mean, honestly, at this point. Now, it it's it's a tough thing because I I it's hard to call this a satisfying finale. Mm-hmm. In part because of what you just said. It it a lot of the things that people were feeling with episode 3 where it ends and and they were like but nothing happened okay i kind of feel that way this week where it ends and i'm like yeah but nothing really happened yeah <laughs> like, we, 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 we really didn't go anywhere i mean uh like sure one major event happened but like nothing was moved forward it, it felt like we were at a stalemate mm-hmm. and now who knows when we're going to get the next installment of this, like what, late 2022, mm-hmm. <laughs> 2023? Like, like that's the problem with them. It's like they're going, there's so many shows that they're doing. Who the hell knows when the next time this thing um, is going to come back? So it like, cliffhangers are one thing. We've had cliffhangers all the time. But in particular, and I'm sure like a lot of the finales, uh, especially from shows like, um, the ones that you and I like, Doctor Who, uh, Shield. Those shows have great season finales, and they tease a lot of great stuff, and they have amazing cliffhangers. Shield had some great cliffhangers in their seasons, in their finales, mm-hmm. some great cliffhangers, but they still left you with a satisfying feeling at the end of watching it that the season had come to a close, that a lot of like threads and storylines had had their resolution and now we're ready to move on to the next thing that's the difference mm-hmm. here you don't get any of that yeah and I, so and yeah, i just go ahead. And i just wish they did though because you know these three sets of shows you know it's the first one that really any studio has ever done like these kinds of shows that like connect to movies, connect to a bigger universe. And I just kind of wish... In a seismic way as this. And yeah. And so I wish they would have given it like a really good conclusion to this. Not to like, you know, give me a full ending or anything like that. Like, no, just kind of like, you know, give me whatever, whatever you wanted to set up in this show. Like, go ahead, but give me a proper conclusion to stuff and all that. Um, Which is what we thought we were going to have was going to be the case with WandaVision yeah, or but, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah, and th- and that did happen, though, too. Because, like, again, in the beginning of Falcon and Winter Soldier, he didn't want the shield. And so clearly he was going to accept the shield at the end of it. And that's what we got. 
and with WandaVision, she was clearly going to, to through a tra- traumatic experience. And even though it doesn't seem like it in the uh, after credit scene, it, it, there was a conclusion to that in yeah. the show. They know? had their own endings. Mm-hmm. It didn't like they they weren't. I mean, those characters are going to have future stories, but those stories in and of themselves had conclusions. Now, the, th- the thing with Loki is, Loki is going to have a season two. Mm-hmm. That is confirmed. So there is that. But on the other hand, and I guess this is kind of breaking news, but uh, I believe a lot of outlets today are reporting that Tom Hiddleston is going to be playing a role. Tom Hiddleston's Loki is going to be playing a role in Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Mm -hmm. So here we come back to this thing again. Kevin Feige said some time ago, that you don't need to watch the TV shows in order to keep up with the movies. And that still may very well be the case when it comes to the multiverse of madness. However, what if we reverse that? Let's say you're just watching the TV shows. Let's say you're just watching Loki. Do then do now we have to watch what happens in multiverse of madness? Is that now like mandatory viewing? Because it, it, this whole thing feels like it's like the jump off point to the multiverse of madness. Mm-hmm. And if we skip the movie and we start season two, what happens if let, – let, let's say that for, for TV viewers. What happens if you watch this episode and then whatever they plan for the first installment of season two, are we just going to skip a major event and that be off in the movie? For not just like the multiverse, which involves, you know, a big part of the narrative of this show, but as well as the the lead character being off in that film and doing something over there. That's kind of the flip side. It's like, you don't need to watch the TV shows to watch to understand the films, but do you have to watch the films to understand the TV shows? Now, you could, that being said, you could, one could reasonably say, well, you know, Alexis, why would you watch WandaVision? Why would you watch Falcon Winter Soldier if you didn't watch those characters and movies before? Okay, sure, fine. But that isn't the point here. Mm-hmm. The point is the television shows standing on their own and them being their own stories. I guess the best case scenario is the multiverse of madness happens off in Doctor Strange. Um, and with respect to the TVA and Jonathan Majors... And Loki, that's still going to happen on the Loki TV show, I would hope. Mm-hmm. Like, right? Like, yeah. I hope this whole thing isn't going to be resolved in the Doctor Strange film. And then we start season two. And I guess we're here now, guys. Like, that. I don't think that's what's going to happen. But you see what I'm saying here is that, yeah. that that could happen. And so, for a lot of people, they may be hearing me and saying, Alexis... What the fuck is the big deal? We all know it's an extended universe. Like, if you're into this universe, you're going to be watching the the TV shows and you're going to be watching the movies. First of all, I really do cringe at that because for a lot of years, there were TV shows that were connected, quote unquote. (laughs) Did you care about them? Did you watch them? No. So, first of all, respectively, fuck off in that regard. Now, second of all, um, I get it. 
I will. I'll watch. I, I've watched everything MCU and I'll continue to do so. And I've made my feelings known about some things in the MCU that I think are very poor, if not bad. But I still watch them and I still love this universe. And then in terms of the connectivity, um, <laughs> yeah, Daredevil, like, you know, they mentioned Avengers, like the first movie and some other stuff and all that. But you didn't need to watch that. Sh- you didn't need to watch the movies to understand that show. Right. And out of all the shows that we've seen that they, the MCU have created, Daredevil is the best one. And again, that barely has any connectivity. Not as much as WandaVision or Loki or fucking Winter Soldier has. Mm-hmm. You know, and so that's why it's, I think it's kind of important to kind of talk about like how much connectivity do you need from the shows to the movies. Now, be careful when shows. you say MCU because some people may have a connection fit. Um, <laughs> you and I may consider to be part of the MCU. But for clarification's sake, Kevin Feige did not produce that show. Marvel Studios did not produce that show. Mm-hmm. That was the aforementioned Marvel Entertainment, the now dead, <laughs> I think, Marvel <laughs> Television that was a subsidiary of Marvel Entertainment that was run by Jeff Loeb, hired by um, Ike Perlmutter. And we all know that story. So I know what you meant, mm-hmm. and I think you're right. Uh, but for clarification's sake, because people are obsessed with this whole canon thing and everything. Um, so I know, look, I, 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 I tend to agree with what you said here. Um, it, it is going to be fascinating how all this, I guess, pans out per se. Mm-hmm. But like, this is kind of the ending that I had for this was ultimately what I had feared for these shows in that all of them would be less about their own individual stories and their own characters and more, you know, serving the cinematic universe at large. And the finale, I mean, honestly, it didn't really do much for our characters. It really did a lot of work to lift up what's going to happen as far as the next big MCU event is concerned. But yeah, no. I I get why people like that stuff because there are people, let's be honest, without even cognizantly being aware of it, that's all they care about is just more world building, expanding the lore. Um, I, I'll bet you there are people out there that if every single episode of this season had been information dumps like what this episode was, people are like, what are you talking about? It's the best thing ever. Hence why in The Mandalorian is so popular. Like, the thing... <laughs> um, yeah, I... I'm conflicted, ultimately, but I... but I'll, I, I, And I, I appreciate them and this ever-expanding cinematic universe, you know, being on the big screen and also being on Disney+, Plus, especially when the quality is this good. Mm-hmm. But I still tend to think... Um, while the connections are great, the next major chapter of these characters and this event should be for them mm-hmm. to resolve. Not for Doctor Strange and Spider-Man or Ant-Man. and Wanda or Ant-Man. That's right. I guess Ant-Man is now somehow um, shoehorned into this as well because of Jonathan Majors who has been cast and 
Ant-Man Quantum or Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania. So, um, yeah, uh, yeah. So, uh, where do we go from here? <laughs> I mean, we kind of went, we, we really went around the whole thing and talked about the big picture at large, but I'm not sure if we talked about, uh, what was the last thing you said? Did, did they get past missed minutes? Uh, I mean, like I mean, like I said, there's not really much to talk about. Like, yeah, in the beginning, they meet Miss Minutes, and she tells them. Uh, oh wait, you know what? Hold on, I'll do it this way because there were some things that I did want to mention. Okay, I liked the opening of the episode; thought mm-hmm. it was cool. I liked all of the callbacks. Yeah, yeah, uh, it kind of reminded me of. Um, yeah, I know what you're gonna. What are you gonna say? Well, go ahead. What is I was gonna say, Crisis on Infinite Earths. Okay, that's not what it reminded oh, okay. me of at all, but okay, explain. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, not, I mean, it could be both the crossover event, the CW, or the comic books, but basically, like, what it's is there's someone narrating uh, uh, the beginning scene. It's basically talking about the multiverse, and I can't remember the beginning lines of it, but it was like, like, it was it's something like, oh, in the beginning, uh, there was nothing, and then blah, 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 and all that. It just kind of reminded me of that, but this one though had like far more interesting visuals <laughs> than mm. like I think both the comics and the CW crossover, especially because I loved it when like you see like these two. I'm guessing they look like black holes, but I'm guessing those were the universes kind of together, and then like you just zoom in and like you're literally inside the timeline, I guess and the time stream, basically, time stream, right? yeah, and. And then you see the planet where Kang lives. Is think, it even a planet? It's more of an asteroid? Uh, yeah, it's an asteroid. Yeah, more like that. And then I like that it, visual, though. Uh, when uh, there are Nexus events happening and you actually see the time stream like going off. And, and so I just, again, those are some awesome, awesome visuals. <laughs> no, man. I think it was one of my favorite... Um, Marvel openings mm-hmm. that they've done. Um, it it kind of threw me off because it's like you, the Marvel logo is playing, and then you hear it's been a long, long time that that you know was used in Winter Soldier, and then it was the very end of Endgame. You know when Peggy and Steve kiss, and so and then you hear a whole bunch of like quotes from all over the MCU, um, and then it ended off with "What is love? What is grief but love persevering?" Mm-hmm. Uh, the wonderful line from WandaVision. Um, and then it, it obviously transitioning into the time stream. It was a very cool and very effective way of, I think, um, making this this feel like an event, clearly, uh, for all of time, as the title of the episode suggests. Um, so I, I thought that was really cool. And then the sequence with Miss Minutes, when she pops out of nowhere, scares the crap out of the Lokis, you know, opens the door of the castle to let them in. And then she kind of like, um, I thought it was a very effective scene because um, both of them, you could see the desire in their eyes where Miss Minutes is kind of offering, okay, uh, how about this? Uh, the all-knowing one, I think that's, or he, or the one who remains, I believe, maybe that's what she calls him instead, has offered both of you a deal, a timeline for yourselves to be together and for you to rule. 
You've destroyed the Avengers. You want the Infinity Gauntlet. It's yours. You want to kill Thanos. He's gone. Anything you've, you want and everything you've always wanted, he's prepared to give it to you. And all you have to say is yes. And honestly, that took a lot for both of them to refuse. And I love the performances, especially, especially the look in their eyes. Both Hiddleston and DiMartino were like, fuck you. You know, I want this shit, but no, I need to kill this bastard first. Um, it's kind of what happened. So I, uh, I thought that was a really cool scene. And then from here, uh, it's a creepy castle. It's very abandoned. Yeah. I, I actually, I like the setting in, in this episode, the inside of the castle. It just, it looks, it looked creepy, but also just kind of pretty <laughs> in a way and all that. Uh, and so it just, it looked like, a kind of like a mad scientist type of castle instead of like right. a sorcerer or anything like that like a witch and it just yeah it looked nice this is, pro- uh, this is my favorite setting honestly out of the whole mm-hmm. season <laughs> it is a great it's a great uh, setting and I believe that leads us to when the, de- the elevator door opens mm-hmm. and then pops out Jonathan Majors and for those of us who know I believe it's been Common information now for a while. As we said last week, Jonathan Majors was cast a while back in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Now, I don't believe this was announced. I think it was just an, uh, a report, but the report ended up being true. And he is playing, even though he's, his name isn't mentioned here, although it is very much him, uh, Kang. I think the, the name that he even referenced, references itself uh, later on in the episode where he says, you know, I've been called the Conqueror, King of the Conqueror. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, yeah, what did you think of uh, of that moment when elevator door opens and you see Jonathan Major? It's like, damn, they're actually doing it. Yeah, that's basically it. Damn, they're doing it. <laughs> I, I mean, I saw the episode at midnight, so I'm like, I'm always tired when I watch these episodes, so I'm never oh, reacting boy. like, oh my god, or anything like that. So, uh, yeah, so it was just basically that, like, damn, they're doing that. Uh, but like I said, though, uh, I actually really liked his performance. It was a cross between creepy, but also kind of fun. Hey, you just never know what the heck he's going to do next uh, in that moment. So, mm. Right. And we go up the elevator, go to his office. Several times he's uh, almost killed, but immediately hops away. Um, and then he reveals to them. Oh, yeah. I have this book here. It told me all what was going to happen as it was written. And then they have a pretty extensive conversation. I'll let you um, kind of decide what aspects of this conversation slash monologue you want to get into first. And please, by all means. Uh, well, the first interesting part was that um, he was basically saying, like, yeah, basically, like, made sure to lead you guys towards me because I want you guys to take over the TVA. Like, he's technically still in charge. It's just that, you know, that he wants them to go back to the TVA, explain to them what's going on, and that they're all, they're all variants, but, like, you know, they're 
playing an important role because they're keeping the sacred timeline from causing another multiversal war, which is true in the beginning. Um, and so I thought that was kind of interesting, but you know, the whatever he said, uh, the Lokis were just both like, you're lying, you're lying, you're lying, which kind of my little complaint about that is just that was the only thing they both said <laughs> uh, during that whole monologue is just them calling him a liar uh, towards. Uh, well, and then another piece of information. Uh, yeah, he explains the multiversal war and, you know, from what we, from what we heard in the first episode it made it seem like. It was just like a giant war battle going on or something like that. But it seems like it was just sort of a battle between one person from every timeline. And it was Kang who discovered the multiverse and went to other universes. And just, you know, when they find one good person, one bad one comes up. And so that caused the multiversal war. And at one point, this Kang, we don't... I don't think we're sure that this was like the one that figured out uh, multiverse or like the one that kind of like took the first steps in contacting the rest of the of his of his of himself. Uh, but he got control of Eliath, which uh, was just the black cloud in the last in the fifth episode. And that's how he became the conqueror, I guess, of the multiverse and this in the sacred timeline. And turns out, yeah, he made up the whole three timekeepers thing. And I mean, that's kind of it, really. <laughs> he's just kind of, he's just, uh, he spent so much time in that pocket universe for so long that, like, that's how he, he kind of seems kind of crazy at times and all that. But also, he needed these Lokis because there's not much he can do. He doesn't know what's going to happen next. Uh, but yeah, that was basically his whole monologue. <laughs> yeah, I, I found it interesting that that was, I, I guess the reveal that I wasn't expecting here is that Kang was uh, uh, looking forward to Loki and Sylvie joining him and that he actually wanted them to replace him mm-hmm. because he just wanted to move on. Um, Which that would have been really interesting to see. Um, and that technically could have happened. Um, his origin was actually a pretty cool mm-hmm. uh, story, especially how it was, um, I guess, visualized on screen uh, in a very budget way, but you know, serves the purpose obviously uh, of uh, you know him being the person to discover the multiverse existing, and then different versions of him. And then that's how the multiversal war that we've been talking about kind of broke out. And so, in a sense, the TVA and their mission kind of was true Mm -hmm. from the very beginning. It's just the origins were kind of um, fibbed a bit. To hide, I guess, the identity of the true person behind. I mean, it basically is, um, as we've been saying, a Wizard of Oz situation. Um, where you have, you know, Kang hiding behind the, um, the three timekeepers. Or, yeah, basically. Um, which is interesting. And 
his whole presence in here is interesting as well. Uh, because at first, you, like, as Loki and Sylvie, you're not really quite sure what to make of it. And the more and more he's explaining and the more he's detailing of it, you I mean, you you don't want to trust somebody who you, you're expecting to be a bad guy. But by the end of it, it's like, I don't know, I believed him personally. Um, and so, yeah, yeah, that was a, it was a long monologue, that's for sure. But um, it was interesting. And so what I really loved is as he was getting toward the end, uh, I love seeing the uh, kind of, again, all, all performance here. But once King explains to the Lokis of what is or what needs to happen or what can potentially happen, um, you you see it in their faces that both of the Lokis have kind of made up their minds, only they disagree. And you see it before um, he, before Loki even says a word to Sylvie, that you can tell on his face that he's disappointed somewhat, that Sylvie just cannot bring herself to believe a word that Kang is saying, even though Loki himself who is a liar himself and a good one at that as he says believes he isn't lying and that he's telling the truth and so automatically it's like you realize oh no okay well this union ain't gonna last then because um with sylvie as we've been with her through these last couple of episodes the un the decision she made is unfortunate but um, it's, it's just within who she's become. She's mm -hmm. just incapable of trusting anyone. And especially with Kang, to her, he is the reason for the horrible life that she's led. Mm -hmm. And she's hoping, I guess, beyond all hope, that once she kills him, she will have accomplished something she would have finally uh you know toppled her oppressor uh you know maybe begin to live maybe mm. and throughout you know a sequence of events she is stopped by loki several times she pushes him away he manages to open up and have perhaps the most honest moment loki has ever had and she has one as well, but also for whatever love she may have for him, it comes clearly second to what her objective was in that moment. And I love the turn of the camera. I love how, you know, as they embrace for a kiss, um, they're turning and she's reaching for something. She gets the temp pad, she opens it up, and then she pushes Loki through it. Mm -hmm. Another classic loki betrayal if there ever was one and then she kills king and king's like cool see you in a minute <laughs> <laughs> literally is kind of his mm -hmm. reaction um and then and i don't know she there was nothing else for sylvie but she kind of like stepped away and i think she sat back down but at least the look on her face communicated to me that 
she kind of regretted it because it didn't bring her any kind of closure. Mm. It didn't bring her any kind of joy. She was like, fuck, this is it. This is not as good as I thought it was going to feel like. That's kind of the look that I saw on her face. And maybe also concern for what actually may happen. Mm -hmm. So that's where it is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one other thing, finally kind of weird, but when Loki went back to the TVA and Mobius and B-15 didn't recognize him, I found that weird because they're supposed to be in a point of space where they don't get affected by time. And so I don't understand how... I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> no, that entire ending confused me. Because... Like, Mobius and B-15, before Kang was killed, they were in cahoots. They were doing something. Mm -hmm. But then we see them together back at the TVA after Kang dies. And I guess... Because it just happened, you don't think it would. You don't think the the fluctuation of the timeline would be so instantaneous. And I was so confused because they, at at first I was like, "What? What are they saying?" I I was so lost. Mm -hmm. And then later on, like, oh, they must have been reset by the because then the ending when Loki looks at the statues, the timekeeper statues are gone, and it's a statue of King. Mm -hmm. So, I guess that was the implication. As far as like what you're saying that the TVA isn't supposed to be affected by it, it isn't. But if there was somebody that somebody whose death would impact that, would it not be Kang? True. Who is basically the only reason why the multiverse can't break through? And if as he said when he is gone, they're all going to come through. Mm -hmm. So. I think that's kind of what happened there. Um, and I, I wonder, I mean, did, does that mean that Mobius and Hunter 15, did they just get erased? And then these are just like, are these the same B-15 and Mobius, but they've just had their memories erased or, they, or they've been reset or like, what? where are we with this? I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Too hard to think about, honestly. Mm -hmm. um, and then it ends and it's over. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that. Yeah. I, uh, th that's kind of all that happens here. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was fun. I enjoyed it. But I kind of... Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's a cliffhanger. So, I mean, I feel like there's not really much to say about it. Especially when I think so much we already did say and so much people already understand what will happen. Mm -hmm. I guess the first real taste of the first real taste of what this means may be Spider-Man 3. Yeah. I guess yeah so uh how do you feel this performed i think i i think we've already explained our reasonings for why as a finale this was kind of disappointing 
in that there weren't really any kind of resolutions to any of the storylines or characters or threads. And they all kind of like were left hanging here. So as a finale to the season, how do you think it stacks up against Falcon and Winter Soldiers and WandaVisions? Uh, I mean, this is definitely my least favorite, honestly. Just like, like I said, it's not really a full conclusion to us how we got from the other two shows. I was thinking about that the same way, man. I see a lot of people saying that you know, the MCU finally nailed the finale. It's like it easily tops the other two finales. And I'm here like thinking... Dude, I don't know what you're talking about, but like, I I kind of feel like I'm left hanging here, not in a good way. Um, and there's no resolution, so it's like it, it feels like you're in the middle of a movie, which I hate to call it a movie because you know Peter Martinez will twist this into his own propaganda and like claiming that these miniseries or these these TV shows are films when in fact they're not. But at the risk of doing so. This feels like you're watching a movie and you're maybe in the middle of the third act and then you press pause, but you never finish it or you have to wait a year to finish it. Mm -hmm. This is what that feels like. Like it feels like we're in the middle of the finale, but we're just taking a pause here. Nothing is resolved. And so as a finale to the season, I'm sorry to say, it's not it's not really satisfying in the way that Wandavision, um, and or Falcon and Winter Soldier were. I I think like Falcon and Winter Soldier had the best because there was the most I think satisfaction. It closed off the story. There were issues, but not nearly as many issues as Wandavision is concerned. Now, this finale, I don't know. I, I guess like. Are there as big of um, narrative, not narrative, but narrative issues as there were the other two? Or is it just because of how it was designed and how it leaves us that is the issue here? I think it's kind of everything. (laughs) (laughs) Especially because the big one is... um... Kang reveal you know something people kept saying is that they kind of hoped it wasn't Kang mostly because who is Kang to Loki like what connection does he have to this character What's, what connection does Loki have to Kang and so they kind of hoped that it would be like maybe either another Loki or someone theorized that it could be another Odin <laughs> Like, have him be the conqueror of the sacred timeline or something. And just to kind of, like, you know, like, let them have... Because that's... I guess that's another reason why I feel like this wasn't really concluded right. You know, like I mentioned, you know, he said... It's not a conclusion. It's not a conclusion. Like I mentioned, uh, he in the first episode, he mentions, like, oh, like, I wanted to give people true free will, and that is, like, me taking control. I want him to take control of the TVA because he wants people to have true free will and one way is to give them the multiverse and have them make whatever decisions they want. And in doing so, though, that causes Sylvie to exist in her own world. And 
And so, like, that's kind of how you conclude a story, like, for me, at least in this season. Again, yeah, you can do that still in the second season or whatever. It's just that, you know, the movies are greatly... Even though you don't need to see... you Hopefully, you don't need to see the movies to understand the shows. The movies are still going to greatly affect the shows, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Especially because that's going to take more priority than the shows. Right. And so, you don't really know what's going to happen in the end. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's kind of where we are um, with it. Overall finale is to the side now that we've seen the entirety of WandaVision Falcon Winter Soldier and Loki season 1 how would you rank them I think we already said WandaVision is still top yeah overall. WandaVision Falcon and then Loki, and then Loki. Yeah. that's the weird thing it's like you know when you watch the first two episodes and then even when you're thinking of episode 4 it's like man Loki may be close to the top or maybe the best of them <laughs> But overall, I kind of like, I don't care as much as I did about what happened with the other two shows. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Interesting, huh? Mm -hmm. But still overall, a very good season of television. Yeah. With some great stuff in it. But I think you and I seemingly have... A contrarian point of view here because all I'm seeing every bit, every, everyone jumping up and down today on Twitter is like, man, this is the best, uh, easily the best finale, easily the best MCU TV show. People are saying it's better than Endgame. Whoa, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's, uh, that's, wow, yowza. Um, so that's our take on this episode of Loki. Um, thank you all for listening, but we still got some stuff to talk about here. So while we're bitching (laughs) on a bunch of different things, so you may have seen that the Emmys, uh, revealed their nominations and a number of TV shows are nominated, of which we discussed. So Marvel Studios earned 28 nominations uh, for the Emmys, uh, 23 of which went to WandaVision. Um, and I believe the other, what, five were Falcon and Winter Soldier? Um, I'm happy for both of the shows. I'm happy they're getting the recognition. I think they're both quality-made TV shows. And I think, uh, in particular with WandaVision, I'm happy uh, for all of that. Where I'm continuously just kind of bummed, and I don't know if this has been brought up before so, but, um, you know... With these shows, you know, with Loki and Falcon and Winter Soldier and WandaVision, David, I can barely see you. Are you okay? Oh, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> you kind of Sorry. faded into darkness. It's, uh, it's like... There you go. The lights out. Is it cloudy over there? <laughs> the lights out in my room. Oh, okay. No, it's okay. It's okay. I just wanted to make sure I... Because it, it felt like you were just... You were fading into oblivion there or something. <laughs> so dark it looked like. But with these shows... The benefit that they have is the platform. 
they have the support of the studio, Marvel Studios. They have the, the full support of Disney with it being on Disney+. Plus. Since it's the it thing right now and it's on a big streaming service, it's all anyone's ever talking about, not just as far as you know general audiences are concerned, but it's all the media is talking about, right? It's mm-hmm. – and like – Every week, the guest stars of these shows have interviews with all the publications. Uh, the stars themselves seemingly have weekly interviews when these shows are airing. So many articles are written about them, the majority of them being very positive. Um, you have all of the big uh, YouTube shows on this uh, – on, on film, you know, devote – so much attention to breaking down these episodes, hour long, hours on hours long conversations, reactions. Um, and now even to the point where, I mean, I believe a few weeks ago they swept the MTV Movie Awards and now here they're being nominated and being recognized uh, for, you know, by the Television Academy. You know, Alexis, she has a an Instagram page, More Nonsense, and she posts all the new stuff um, uh, on Disney+, Plus, but particularly the Marvel stuff. And, like, you know, Fantasy Fair, them being a Disney podcast, they talk about all these shows. And I have to be honest, like, I... It just bums me out. Unbelievably so. That... While the people behind these shows get to have this platform and they're showered with praise and all this attention, it really bums me out that none of the other casts for the for the Marvel TV shows that came before this got any of that. Mm. They, they got nothing like that. All they are is but a distant memory now. And it, it honestly kind of... Every time I see it, it's like, it really bums me out. Like, look at these nominations. Don Cheadle was nominated for a guest appearance, for a cameo. Who gets a cameo for best guest actor in a drama or whatever. <laughs> Giancarlo Esposito, the same thing for The Mandalorian. I think others as well. Like The only reason these shows, honestly got these nominations and I'm talking about the Disney Plus shows is because of how big of a platform they have with Disney Plus because of how popular they are mm. because of the big megaphone behind these shows because everyone's talking about it I'm sure the pandemic era helped it because people were obviously on streaming more than they were on anything else but like it just feels so hollow it feels so fake and it kind of like makes me feel even worse because when you compare like, okay, yeah, so WandaVision got 23 nominations. Do you know what, what else, do you know what got 24 nominations? The fucking Mandalorian. Season two of the Mandalorian, which I know our views are not mainstream. They seem to rarely ever be. At these days anyway. But a lot of us here felt like on, on this network, 
that season was among the the worst written seasons of TV we've ever witnessed. And yet here it is. The genre show that got the most nominations. 24 nominations tying with The Crown. The Crown, which is prestige television. The Crown is among the best TV shows on air right now, particularly season four. Mm. So it's like, why are these shows being nominated? It's because they're popular. It's because they're hot. And if that's the case, going back to what I was saying, what would have happened to shows like Daredevil and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. if they had the push and the attention that these shows have right now? WandaVision, Loki, and Falcon Winter Soldier. Now, to be clear, S.H.I.E.L.D. and Daredevil in particular, they've they've been nominated for Emmys. They're both Emmy-nominated shows. But you know what categories they were nominated for? Like one or two in the technical categories at the bottom of the barrel list when it comes to this. These shows are being nominated for acting, for series, directing, writing. Genre shows like these never get into those categories. Never. Especially when it comes to groups like these. And so where it gets me, it's like, man... Why? It just, it just, it makes me feel bummed as a fan of these shows that those casts, especially, never had this, that these actors are getting now. And then also for me, it just like makes me feel like worse and like, man, well, if only I'm just like thinking of what could have been, Mm -hmm. but never was or will be. What do you think? No, I mean, I agree with you. I, uh, it is. It is a bummer that those shows that we really like, that ones that we kind of find better than these, than the Disney Plus shows, don't really get any recognition at all because they're superhero shows. But then you get this one. And the thing that annoys me, though, is that I watch a lot of YouTubers uh, who talk about films and everything. And on one side, you get people who are excited about everything that comes out. You know, they'll give them... Like 8 out of 10s, you know, 9 out of 10s or 10 out of 10s and all that. And, like, I look at them kind of go, you could give it a lower grade. Come on. (laughs) Like, calm down a bit. And, I mean, I mean, I, even though I would disagree with them, uh, I'm glad that they get excited about it and all that. But then on the other side, (laughs) you get people who just bash on everything and they claim that there are no good movies coming out, there are no good shows coming out, and all that. And I'm just kind of like, uh, you're you're not paying attention to the right stuff, then. And I you mean, really aren't. <laughs> yeah, it really is. And I mean, I know we dedicated an entire show <laughs> talking about Loki and some of the stuff that we're kind of like we're on sort of the middle ground on. But I mean, we've we've also talked about shows that we thought were absolutely amazing. Uh, you got the crown. You did with uh, with my sister. We talked about haunting of Hill House. Uh, it's not new, but like uh, we talked about the Last Airbender and all that. And in terms of movies, Invincible, Invincible, Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn, The Good Place. You know, those are all like just incredible. Who deserve any type of award mm-hmm. that comes up and all that. And so, you know, as much as I liked. WandaVision and you know I should get an I don't mind uh 
uh, what's her name? Elizabeth Olsen getting a, an award for her acting. I thought she was amazing in it. Uh, she like she just had like an incredible range in that show, and and all that. And in terms of the Mandalorian, like if you want to give it for technical stuff, uh, like the CGI that it deserves, that it deserves that, it deserves. that for sure. But yeah. I mean, you know, give it the right ones and at least at the very least. And so it's just it's just in terms of the side of the, of the YouTube world that like people complain about everything. You know, the reason these these ones are getting awards these ones are getting uh views and seem popular it's because you're dedicating dedicating your time to talking about it and i'm not saying like don't like stop critiquing those things or anything like that it's just whatever time you dedicate talking about these dedicate half like double that to the shows and movies that you love you know just like quit talk quit if you hate these things either stop talking about them or put some effort in talking and talking about other stuff that you find to be great <laughs> and it's just it's it's just kind of annoying especially because like I, you know with these emmy nominations you know i know i'm gonna see videos of people going like i can't believe i got these things and why people deserve them you know it's like ah people if we've said it so many times like people like to be entertained people like to be entertained they don't care about plot and then like they're <laughs> they you get the people who are critical of everything in the in this um in movies and television and they go i don't understand why people are liking this i don't like uh people get entertained too easily i'm like yeah no fucking shit if people get entertained easily like we're bored all the time man and so I don't know. That's the thing I'm gonna find annoying about these Emmy nominations. Yeah. So let's go ahead and get into our last uh, conversation here today before we wrap things up. And that is Black Widow, the film opened in theaters as well as Disney Premier Access this past weekend. And we've got a bunch of reactions coming on in. David, uh, I asked before the fact he did listen to uh, the review that I had to give with Peter. Um, so he has that. Uh, and I believe he saw this film last Friday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean... From what I heard from you guys, I basically agree with everything you guys said. <laughs> basically? Yeah. Um, okay. I did enjoy the movie. Um, there was some fun action stuff. I really liked the other new characters that we got introduced to. Um, Scarlett Johansson was pretty good in the movie, too. Um, in terms of, like, uh, if we should have gotten this movie sooner... Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Maybe, maybe not this specific movie, but like just a Black Widow movie. We should have gotten it a long time ago. And for it to come out now, it does feel like a shoehorned in movie. But I do think, though, that like if you watch it like after Civil War and all that, I think it'll actually be a cool movie to watch. You know, if like if you haven't seen the Marvel movies and like now you're just getting into the into them, 
and you'll want to watch them watch them in order, not of release date, but like chronological story. Yeah, I think it's actually pretty cool, like where it's at and all that, especially because like it's actually like a perfect reason as to why she's not getting help from the rest of the Avengers and all that. So I don't know, but I mean. <laughs> Yeah, we should have gotten this a long time ago, and it just kind of sucks that this is the last thing we'll see of her and all that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, that's just basically my thoughts of, I mean, outside the movie. Uh, within the within the movie, the story and all that, my two main complaints is that there are way too many fucking moments where they get just get, like, thrown off or, like, get really hard or... Or something like, or um, like, you know, like uh, this is one scene. Uh, Scarlet, like she gets kicked and like flies off a bridge and all that. And I'm just kind of like, that should be a lot of damage. Like there are so many moments where I'm just kind of like, you should be dead. But one thing that bothered me most, and this isn't really much spoiler, but like she falls off a like a tower, like she's on top of a roof, and it's like this like little metal tower. I don't know what the fuck it was. But, like, it starts falling. She starts falling. Gets hit by, like, beams and all that. And she literally lands on her feet. And I'm like, no. Like, no. Like, if you've if you ever seen John Wick, what is it, 3? At the end of that movie, you know, he falls off a building and he falls down. That's how Black Widow should have been at the end of that scene. Oh, my God. Like, it was insane. And then... The other yeah, they really did play a lot with physics here. Yeah, they did, and <laughs> and then the other one is um, Taskmaster. Um, I don't care that it's a woman. I don't care that it's a one-off. Uh, my only thing though is that I didn't like uh, who the character was because I'm just gonna get the spoilers. Fuck it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's been a while. You haven't seen it. You either don't care or whatever. Um, so this ta- Taskmaster was the daughter of the main villain, and they mentioned in the beginning that she killed. She thought she killed the main villain before, and his daughter. Her yeah, his daughter and all that. But no, she was alive. She just got scarred and everything, and she had to like get enhancements. I guess. I don't like that it was a daughter because. You know, for the longest time, we were told, uh, I got read on my ledger, I got read on my ledger, I heard this person, I heard people in this place and all that, but, like, we were just told what she's done. And so to kind of have something that kind of, like, shows us that, you know, this is how far she would go on this situation, imagine what she would do when she, like, when she was told orders and, you know, when she, um, in the moments where she didn't care about hurting people, I guess. And so it just kind of would have added more weight to Endgame when uh, uh, when she sacrificed herself, knowing that, like, this would clear her ledger and all that. And so that's just my only complaint, really. My biggest complaint of the movie. Yeah, well, you know, all of that seems to track <laughs> with um, what the rest of us seem to think. It was... It was what it was, and... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I uh I don't want to say much more because then I'll probably rant. I don't know what to get into that and everything. 
Um, if you want to hear more, uh, Peter and I had a pretty lengthy conversation about that in our previous episode, as I mentioned at the top. Uh, and David seems to agree with just about everything. So go check that out. Uh, until then, uh, that's going to do it for us. As far as what programming we're going to have in the future for TV, stay tuned. We haven't decided just yet. But um, keep it here. Red Spotlight every single Sunday. Um, there you are. Stand in the spotlight. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.